You're listening to Sea Air with Suleiman Ocheni. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I hope your last week was amazing and that this week will be even more amazing. Anyway, without wasting too much time, let's jump into the advice portion of this advice podcast. First, what is wrong with me? Why am I only exclusively attracted to married women? I'm an attractive guy and I get enough attention from single women, but there's something that happens to me when I see a hot woman with a wedding ring on her finger. I have caused a lot of problems in many marriages and I want to stop, but I don't know how. Any suggestions to rewire my brain? See, I want to start by saying I am not a mental health professional of any kind, but I will attempt to answer this question because I think I know what the answer is. I give that disclaimer so that you just take my advice with a grain of salt. Anyway, I think you have a fear of commitment. A lot of the time, people will go after people that they know are unavailable. They do this because that relationship clearly has no future. These people date people who live in other countries, people who are emotionally unavailable, people whose lives basically just don't fit with theirs. I mean, there are actual people who exclusively date prisoners. Yes, they go to prisons looking for men to date. It's a thing. So that can be what is going on here. And it is my opinion that that is what is going on here. You are only interested in married women because you know there is no future there. You are not willing to risk your emotional well-being. You are not ready to risk your heart. Because the chances that these women will leave their husbands for you is very low. And I would bet that even if one of the married women that you see offers to leave her husband for you, that it would be a turn-off. I also kind of think you have a little bit of a self-destructive streak. I say this because you exclusively go after married women. You know, I mentioned earlier the other ways a person can be unavailable. So why is it that you have chosen married women? Why don't you choose women who are unavailable in some other way? There is a risk of the husbands finding out and attacking you. That is a very real risk that you are running. Yet, you are still doing what you are doing. Also, I think there's an ounce of thrill-seeking involved here because, like I said, there is danger involved. The husbands can find out. The both of you could get caught. Although that's messed up, it's thrilling to know that at any moment you'll get caught. Anyway, now that you have isolated why this may be happening, what should you do? If you can afford it, because depending on where you live, therapy can be expensive. But if you can afford it, I would suggest you seek out a therapist. I've heard people who can afford it say that they don't want to go the therapy route because either they went to therapy once and it didn't work for them or they don't think anyone can understand them. Although that might be true, it often takes shopping around to find a therapist that understands you and that is sympathetic to your issues. Because people tend to forget that therapists are also human beings. So if you go to a therapist who was cheated on by their spouse and your situation triggers them, then I'm sure you can guess how they would receive you. So I would suggest that therapy might be something you want to look into. However, if you can't afford therapy or ultimately don't want to talk to someone else about this, then you have some serious internal work to do. I have given you some reasons as to why you may be doing this. If anything I have said resonates with you, then that's good. If not, then you need to sit down and really think about it. What is it that makes you want married women? Like you said, you are a good-looking guy and you always get attention from single women. But it's married women that you want. What is it that makes you attracted to married women? When you figure that out, then you can start to address the issue. I'm going to use the example that I gave. If it is indeed that you have a fear of commitment... Why do you have that fear of commitment? Did your parents' marriage end horribly and you don't want to put yourself through that? Is it that you see relationships falling apart left, right and center and maybe you don't want to take that risk? Is it that you have low self-esteem? You know, you feel like nobody uh, would want you if they get to know you. Whatever the reason is, figure it out. If it's your parents' marriage ending horribly, 
you need to tell yourself that that's not necessarily what will happen to your own relationship. And it's not enough to just say that. You have to be intentional about it. What I mean by that is you have to look at the way you conduct yourself in relationships. For example, if your parents used to abuse each other verbally, because you know kids tend to pick up on that. So if you are verbally abusive in your relationships, you need to pay attention to what you are saying to the people you are dating. Catch yourself when you are belittling them and stop it. And if it is a self-esteem issue, try and raise your self-esteem. I can't go into how to raise your self-esteem now because that would take forever. But you can go online. There are free resources that will help you you know, develop a higher sense of self-esteem. But yeah, ultimately, you need to stop this. I've always felt that, yes, when you cheat with a married person or a partnered person, it's that partnered person who is to blame for ruining their own relationship. However, I wouldn't want to be the weapon with which somebody uses to, you know, batter their spouse. So even though it's not your responsibility, it's not a good thing that you are complicit. So if I were you, I would find a way to stop doing this sooner rather than later. Because at the end of the day, your safety is an issue. Because you have gotten away with it so many times doesn't mean that you will continue to get away with it. In fact, it's not even that you have gotten away with it because you could still run into the husbands of one of the women you had affairs with in the future and they may not take kindly to stumbling upon you. So yeah, stop this behavior. Do whatever you need to do, but stop this behavior. Next. My boyfriend and I have been together for about six months and he's a great, loving, generous, fun and caring guy. But he's so paranoid that I'll get pregnant that it makes me crazy. When we got together, he told me that he's not sure about kids and definitely isn't ready now. That's fine by me. I'm 24, six years younger than he is, just starting out in a competitive field and not even totally sure about kids yet either. I'm on reliable birth control and have been since I was 18 with no problem. He also wears a condom, which is also fine by me. On top of that, he tracks my periods and on the day I'm expected to get it, he'll text me until I assure him that I got it. It makes me feel as if he doesn't trust me or have my back. So I finally talked to him and he said he went through a pregnancy scare with a girlfriend when he was younger and although the woman terminated the pregnancy in the end it was all horrible i'm finishing up something big at work something that's either make or break for the next step in my career and as always when i'm super stressed my period was late last month i explained this to him but he still insisted i take a pregnancy test which i did of course it was negative he still didn't relax until i got it he asked whether the same thing could happen this month and i said probably or that i might not even get it and he's completely freaked out but also asking me to be patient and not break up i think i might love this guy but i'm also wondering whether he's worth the stress. See, this is absolutely unacceptable. Listen, statistically, most people start having sex between the ages of 15 and 17, generally, according to the data that we have, as you know, humanity. Um, for me, this is too young to be having sex, but it would appear that most of the world disagrees. I feel like sex is an adult activity that can result in adult consequences, i.e. pregnancy. So it is my opinion that if you are not ready to be a parent, you shouldn't be having sex. I know contraception is very effective these days, but it can still happen. Contraception fails. It's rare, but it can fail. That is why I do not think young people should be having sex. But people are going to do what they are going to do regardless of what I think. So coming back to your issue, this man needs to have it in the back of his mind that it is possible that you will get pregnant if he's having sex with you. He needs to come to terms with that reality. Just the fact that he hasn't come to terms with it is disqualifying for me. Then you add on to that that he's actually tracking your menstrual cycle no 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 that's insane it is also infantilizing like you are too stupid too immature to do it on your own you know to know how your body works as if he understands your body more than you understand it yourself like i said this is unacceptable it is also an invasion of privacy why should he be tracking your bodily functions
husbands that intimately. It's really, 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 really creepy. And not something that I personally would put up with. He has some hang-ups when it comes to pregnancy and he needs to sort that out before he can date anyone, quite frankly. And I'm actually curious about this man because is he like mega wealthy or super attractive? Because it's clear he has it in his mind that a woman wants to, you know, trap him with pregnancy. I mean, you are a young person trying to get your career off the ground. Out of the both of you, I would imagine that you want an unplanned pregnancy even less than he does. Considering the fact that you would be the one who would, you know, carry this baby to term and also most of the childcare would probably fall on you as is the case with most women. So you probably don't want to get pregnant even more than he doesn't want you to get pregnant. Yeah, this is just ridiculous. Also, I would like to add that this is also a red flag when it comes to abuse. Because people who have these kinds of control issues usually have issues with their partner's autonomy. If you're doing something that he does not like, is he going to try and control it to this extent? Situations like this tend to escalate into much more potent circumstances. I'm tempted to tell you to dump this guy, but you say you love him, so here is my advice. Go to him and tell him that you guys are no longer discussing your period. The end. Tell him to stop tracking your period. Tell him that you are not going to discuss your period with him anymore beyond what he needs to know. You know, as it relates to your sex life. Tell him that he needs to deal with this on his own. It does not involve you. If he needs to go to therapy to clear this thing from his head, then that's what he should do. Otherwise, I would suggest that you leave this man alone and let him deal with his own issues by himself. This is not normal behavior at all. You should be panicked that he's this controlling. Nobody wants an unplanned pregnancy. But the way he's going about it is totally wrong. And it's not even as if he's a young person. He's, what, 30? So you can't blame this on naivete. No, no, no. He needs to pull himself together. Otherwise, you need to get gone. Anyway, moving on to the next question. Over the last month or so, I have noticed my girlfriend getting more and more distant. I don't know if this is her way of backing out of the relationship slowly or if it's something else. What should I do? Because although I would be devastated if the relationship ended, I think it would hurt less if I broke up with her instead of it happening the other way around. So basically, should I dump her or wait for her to dump me? Listen, I'm not sure you are ready to be in a relationship. I don't know how old you are, but you don't seem very mature. I don't mean to sound harsh, but you come across as immature. What you should do in a situation like this is communicate. Use your words. You go to your girlfriend and say, I have noticed you have been pulling back recently. What's up with that? There could be so many reasons for this. Maybe it's a coping mechanism of hers that when she withdraws, it's because things are overwhelming for her just generally. She could also be drained because that happens. Or she could be having some mental health issues. She could be depressed. And when I say depressed, I mean clinically depressed. Or she could be dealing with any of the other plenty plenty mental health issues. Or maybe she doesn't even know that she's withdrawing. It is also possible that she isn't withdrawing and you are reading too much into her actions. Again, I would say communication is key. Go and talk to her and see what she has to say. I might be able to see why you haven't done that up till now. Because if you bring up the topic, it may give her the window she's been waiting for to dump you if that's what she actually does want to do. So let me cut you some slack. Getting your heart broken is a difficult thing to have to deal with. So I can see why you are trying to head it off at the pass. But I'm here to tell you that even if you're the one who ends things with her, if you actually do care for her, like truly have feelings for her, it will still hurt. That is because this person that you have feelings for, who is in your life in a very significant way, all of a sudden wouldn't be. This might be an extreme example, but it's like saying, I love this person, so I will kill them, so I don't have to worry that they will never get hit by a bus. So like I said, Talk to her, even if she does want to end things with you. That is life. That is how the cookie crumbles sometimes and you just have to roll with the punches. I hope that isn't what happens, but you need to provoke the conversation. Because it's possible that she is sitting there waiting for you to reach out to her, to help her. It could be that she doesn't know how to ask for help. So talk to her and see what she has to say. Next question. My boyfriend has just moved in with me. 
We have been dating a little over two years. Anyway, he had to move because he got kicked out of his brother's place. I wasn't sure of the idea at first, but the thought of sharing the living expenses and chores seemed nice. It has been about two months and I feel like I am his mother. I do everything in the house, pay the bills, clean, wash the clothes, buy and cook all the food. I also no longer trust him. He lies about dumb things like who is taking him to the office, things like that. Although I want this relationship to work, I am tired of the lies and his general nonchalance towards our living situation. What should I do? You see, I always tell people that they should live with their partners before they decide to get married. And this is exactly why. Now imagine if you had married this man without living with him. Then this starts happening after you move in as a married couple. Nothing causes the scales to fall from someone's eyes as quickly and as drastically as living with someone. People are entirely different when they are outside the home. When you live in the house with someone, you get to know them in depth. Anyway, getting back to the issue at hand, I want to clap for you for allowing your boyfriend to live with you. Most people would say you should not have allowed him to move in with you. But because you did, now you know how he is. Anyway, first of all, the issue that he was kicked out of his previous living situation, that's already an X on his name. Because who gets kicked out? Then he moved in with you with the understanding that he was going to help out around the house and contribute to bills. But he isn't doing that. Then on top of that, the man is a pathological liar because I think that's what this person is. That's what pathological liars do. They lie about any and everything for no reason. And if you're around pathological liars long enough, you'll start to lose your mind. Like they could tell you that the sky is blue and you have to go and check just to be sure. Things are only going to get worse from here. If he's already treating you like his maid, then if you stay with this guy for longer or God forbid you marry him, this is going to be the rest of your life. He is not going to change because I would imagine you have already broached this topic with him. And if he is still doing it, then you have your answer. Personally, I would pick up my shoes and run away because this situation is not really making sense. If it hasn't been clear to this point, I think you should break up with him. And not only break up with him, but explain to him why you are breaking up with him. This can be a good deed for the community and the future women he dates. Because perhaps when you break up with him for this kind of behavior and kick him out of your house, it will spur him to go and improve himself. Also, be safe. Make sure that if you are going to ask him to leave your house, if you have male close friends, brothers, your father, uncles, whatever, ask them to be present for that conversation because men can get violent when confronted in this way. He may have some sort of entitlement when it comes to your home, even though he isn't paying bills or contributing. So do what you need to do to stay safe, but end this relationship and ask this man to leave your house. Moving on to our fact of the day. Did you know that we do not all taste food the same? Some people taste food more intensely than others. These people are called super tasters. Super tasters are different from the rest of the population because their tongues have more taste buds. The concentration of taste buds on their tongue are more than the average person. So if you have a friend who doesn't like the taste of chocolate or coffee or other foods that most people like, it's possible that they are super tasters. Spicy food is another one that gets super tasters because the sensation is more intense as it burns twice as much for them. I find this very interesting because I've always wondered about this, you know, whether we all experience food the same. Because I know people who, for them, eating is a chore. Like I have a friend who makes smoothies instead of eating, as in if it is possible to blend whatever it is that she wants to eat and drink it, then that's what she will do. Because according to her, eating is too tedious. But for me, honestly, 70% of the reason I eat is because of eating, you know, because I am bored, I want my mouth to move and I want to taste that food. The food taste is very important to me. I like the taste of food. I barely eat for sustenance, to be honest. So yeah, I just found that super interesting. Anyway, moving on to my week in pop culture. A story has been circulating on social media about a woman called Ro last week. Ro was in public. A man came up to her and asked her for her phone number. 
She said no, so he slammed a brick into her head. That story in and of itself is horrible, but what I find to be even worse is the fact that there are people trying to blame her for this. There are actual people defending this man for hitting her in the face with a brick. You know, in life there are things that are just so black and white, and this is one of them. People are making such nonsense excuses for this man, saying that Ro had been a nuisance to their community, so she had it coming all along. A video of her slapping men in the street surfaced, and people are saying that it's because she used to do things like that, that she got attacked with a brick. However, it's also been reported that those videos are staged and that it's not even Ro in those videos but a woman who looks like her. But still, some people are adamant that she deserved it. They are saying that she turned him down rudely, that's why he did it. Oh my god, what that has to do with anything, I don't know. My thing is, even if she used to abuse men, she needs to be addressed for that, you understand? It doesn't mean that if a man comes up to her and asks her for her phone number and she says no, that he has any right to attack her. I don't even need to know all those extra stories. All I need to know is that she did not hit this man in any way, then he hit her. Nothing else is important, no other information is relevant here other than that. Also, this happened in the midst of other men, as in, the man hit her with a brick and other guys were standing around watching and none of them stepped in to do anything about it. You know, a few weeks ago on this podcast, I spoke about the bystander effect. When something crazy happens in front of you and you are too shocked to react, it happens. However, that's not what happened here. One of those men who was present at the incident went online and said that he didn't help because she deserved it. He said that if it happened again, he would do the same thing. Listen, what is wrong is wrong. Like I said, I don't care if she used to go around stabbing people for fun. She should be prosecuted for those acts and those instances have no bearing on what happened here. It's so disheartening to see men behave like this because the stories are so rampant these days. We as a society need to be teaching our boys and young men how to respect women, how to not attack them. It's sad that this is where we have come to, but it's where we are. Honestly, we need to do something about it. Moving on to my next story, it is reported that Al Pacino's 29-year-old girlfriend, Noor Al-Fala, is seeking physical custody of their son, who at the moment is still an infant. I think he is only three months old. According to Al Pacino's rep, he and Noor have not broken up. So I'm actually quite confused as to why she is seeking physical custody of their son if they are still together. But anyways, people do what they do for their own reasons. Keep in mind that Al Pacino is 83 years old while Noor is 29. That is a 54-year age gap. If you would remember, a few months ago, this story broke when they announced that Noor was pregnant. So many people had a lot to say about their relationship. Here's what I think. I feel like adults should be able to do whatever they want. If this woman was, I don't know, 20, 22 years old, then it would give me pause. However, she's 29, an adult in every sense of the word. Her body is fully developed. Her brain is fully developed. So yeah, I don't have any qualms about it. Is it the kind of relationship I would enter into? No. But nobody is asking me to. So live and let live. However... I think it's highly, 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 highly irresponsible to bring a child into this world at the age of 83 years old. Because it's not only about providing for a child financially and making sure they have all their physical needs taken care of. Parents have a very pivotal role in steering their children into adulthood emotionally. I am currently in my late 20s and I still need my parents. Because whatever I am going through right now, chances are that they have gone through at some point in their lives. So if a person is struggling in life, in whatever arena, they should be able to go to their parents to seek guidance. So you see Al Pacino and this baby now, what are the chances that he will live another 20 years? Parents have a huge role to play when it comes to producing productive members of society. Because I would imagine that if that man who hit Roe in the face with a brick had been raised right, he wouldn't have done that. Anyway, my next story is about Ashake. Ashake took to his social media to announce to his fans that he just bought the latest Mercedes G-Wagon worth 136 million naira. 
Listen, I am happy for him. But my question is, why do we need to know this? Why is this even news? I think it's so strange that Nigerian celebrities like to flaunt the things they buy. I mean, it's different when, you know, you buy something flashy and people see you using it or wearing it, whatever. That's fine. But it's something entirely different when you buy flashy things and then make an announcement. I don't know. It just makes my skin crawl. Like, why do you need the validation from the public, from all these people that you don't know? Isn't it enough? That you're able to do these things, you know? You're able to buy these things for yourself and pay for this once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Why do you need us to know? Because we've seen Nigerian celebrities, you know, having birthday parties, like big blowouts for a one-year-old. You're clearly not doing it for the one-year-old because the kid won't even remember. They don't know what is going on. You are simply doing it for clout. I just find it a little bit strange that people do this, but I guess it also has to do with our culture because this kind of ostentatious consumption is actually part of Nigerian culture. Like if I wear gold and people don't know that I am wearing gold, then really, am I wearing gold? I feel like a lot of the time, these people buy all these things and do all these things, not because they want to, but because they want to impress people, people they don't know, people who at the end of the day don't mean anything to their lives. Also, and I'm not saying that Ashake came from a poor home. I don't know his background like that. But this just smells like a hustler finally making it. Like, I've struggled so much. Now look at how well I am doing. But then again, also maybe not. Because look at Davido. He grew up rich as heck. But even he does it. Like, do you guys remember that one time he bought, I think they were Range Rovers for his four-year-old twins or something like that. These were children who couldn't drive. But he bought them luxury cars and made sure everybody knew about it. There was even one time he went diamond shopping in America or somewhere. And he posted the whole thing on his stories. But actually, it's as if these Nigerian celebrities are not security conscious. Because look at what happened to Kim Kardashian in Paris a few years ago. She was robbed. And after that, she stopped being so flashy because she saw the kind of attention she was drawing. Nigerian celebrities have not made that observation yet. Because as you are showing the public the way you are spending your money, they know what you have. People's eyes are on you and bad people are tracking you. So yeah, I just find it strange and a little bit not smart. I don't want to say the word that I want to say, but... I find it to be not very smart, but I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon, so we're just going to have to deal with it. Anyway, moving on to my final story. Do you know what is Kayamata? If you don't know, it was originally a mixture of herbs and roots, and women use it to, you know, entice men. It's basically juju, you know, a love potion that will make a man be enamored with you. Well, a woman who is a sex worker has come out to say that she was using Kayamata to get clients, but things took a left turn when she started vomiting blood and having some other extreme symptoms. Apparently, the person who gave her the Kayamata gave her a very intense dose. One of the things she was told to do to make the Kayamata work was sleep in a graveyard. And this Kayamata thing has actually strayed from its origins. Like I said initially, it was just a mixture of herbs and roots. But now, some women are even doing full-on rituals to entice men. I find this interesting because you never ever see men doing things like this. You know, trying to catch a woman. I've never heard of the male version of Kayamata. In fact, I was online earlier today and if you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen it because I posted it on my stories. There are some women who went for some sort of, I don't know, I think it's called a crusade at church, you know, where they pray, you know, very strong prayers. Anyway, these women were praying for husbands. Basically, they went to the church dressed in wedding gowns and were praying like intensely. Some were even crying, praying for husbands. The thing is, I never see men going to church for crusade in tuxedos to pray for wives. It's women who are doing things like this. And I think it all goes back to how women are raised to see marriage as the pinnacle of their success. From when women are little girls, they have it pounded into their heads that the only value they can get is from a man. Now, I'm glad that more and more women are breaking away from this, but it's still very much a huge thing. Can you imagine doing rituals and sleeping in a cemetery just because you want a man? I think we need to be teaching our daughters how to have a strong sense of self-respect because a person who has high self-esteem wouldn't do this. 
the relationships we have with ourselves are just as important, if not more important, than the relationships we have with other people. So yeah, this needs to be, you know, looked into. Now it's time for In Case You Missed It, where I play the audio from one of my hot takes posted somewhere else on the internet, sometime over the past week or even earlier. Why? In Case You Missed It. See, I have said it before and I'll say it again. Stop comparing yourself to other people because you don't know what they had to do to gain that success that they have. And, you know, whenever I say that, I say it as much for myself as I say it for you guys because... I understand it's hard to look around and see what your friends are doing, see their successes and not feel like you are falling behind. But you really need to face your own front because, like I said, you do not know what they are doing. And this lesson keeps being reinforced in my life over and over again, most recently yesterday. Let me tell you that story. So back in 2018, I met this guy through mutual friends and we bonded over the fact that we were both broke. We we're both struggling. You know, we we're both making efforts and none of those efforts were yielding any fruit. You know, that was like the, uh, the foundation of our friendship. But this guy was like my younger sister's age. So he was like five, four years my junior. So we, besides the fact that we were struggling, we didn't have much else in common, right? So that friendship kind of withered. You know, he couldn't relate to my struggles. His own struggles been there, done that. So, you know, we just lost touch. So a year passes, I'm on Instagram and I see this guy jet setting all over the world. This week he's in uh, Paris. Next week, Tokyo. The other week, Marrakesh. Next week, London. And I'm sitting and I'm thinking to myself, ah, ah. I start looking down on myself. I'm like, how is this guy doing this? Like he is my junior by five years and he's making his dreams come true. Like I, I was telling myself, look at this young boy hustling to make his dreams come true. And you are here. Like I was actually beating myself down because of this, because every Instagram post, He's eating at a Michelin star restaurant. He's taking a helicopter tour of New York. He's uh, staying at a uh, five star, seven star hotels. And I'm just here like broke. I was like, what is it? But I was lucky enough to have friends, family, mentors who actually told me this lesson that I'm telling you people now that calm down, face your front, do your own. You don't know what he is doing to make his money. Just do your own. So I took those lessons on and I moved on with my life. Now, fast forward to three weeks ago, I get a call from this guy. He's in Nigeria visiting. He's like, let's meet up and catch up. I'm like, okay, cool. Where do you want to go? He mentions this restaurant that I had never heard of before. Um, and I, I've forgotten the name of the restaurant. But anyways, I go on their website and I look at their menu. And the cheapest thing on their menu is the seafood pasta that is 150,000 naira. And there were like dishes on that menu that were 400,000 naira, 450,000 naira, 500,000 naira. I messaged him. I'm like, listen, I understand the kind of life you live, but I am not there right now. If I decide to go and have dinner at this restaurant, I would wipe out my entire savings. My emergency fund will be gone. So I'm like, please, can we go to somewhere more affordable? He says no. That's where he wants to go. He's like, um, if you cannot afford it, it's fine. You don't have to go. I can find some other friends that I'll go with. And I'm like, okay, cool. Go with your other friends. So we didn't end up meeting. He and his friends go to this restaurant and I know because they posted it on Instagram, no problem. So yesterday I get a call from this guy and he's frantic. He tells me that his brother got into a car accident and that the brother is at a government hospital, so a cheap hospital. And the hospital is telling him that if he's not able to come up with 100,000 naira, that he won't be able to, that they won't continue the brother's treatment. So he, he told me that since the day before, he has been making calls looking for that money. And he has only been able to come up with 50,000 Naira. So he's asking me if I can lend him the other 50,000 Naira. Remember, this is a person who has been traipsing around the globe for the past four years. Somebody who has been staying at luxury hotels, eating at Michelin star restaurants. This is a person who three weeks ago refused 
to go to a restaurant that was affordable and instead went to a restaurant where he did not pay less than 300,000 naira for himself. All of a sudden, 100,000 naira is his problem. From what I know, from what I've observed, 100,000 naira should not be his problem. That should be chicken change to him. So this story, the dots are not connecting. I do not know where the discrepancies are, but there's something going on here. Something is not right. Because surely, if you are able to eat at a restaurant where you pay 300,000 naira, per meal you should be able to come up with a hundred thousand naira like that and for those of you who don't know a hundred thousand naira is not even up to 200 us dollars i don't even think it's even up to 150 dollars so my point is i do not know how he was living the life he was living but clearly it's not the way i thought he was doing it see eh, be wary of people who made their money between 2020 and now especially those people who not it's not that they are they had money before and they're making more that they started making a lot of money between 2020 and now because especially those who made it mysteriously because the world has been in an economic uh, crisis for the past four years uh, successful businesses are closing down left right and center and you out of nowhere you are, you are, you are making a fortune from where not that it's not possible, but it's very rare. So if you see somebody like that, look at them with corner eye. And like I said, especially if you cannot tell where this money is coming from, because it's very difficult. It's almost impossible to make money in secret. Like you see um, all these people, this uh, Dan Gauthier, uh, Elon Musk, uh, what is the other one? Uh, Jeff Bezos. We know these people's net worth, not because they told us, but because uh, financial gurus looked at their businesses, looked at how much they are making, looked at their assets and were like, this is how much we estimate this person to be worth. You understand? Because making money is a public thing. If you have a job that pays you well, people should see you going to that job. If you have a business that is very successful, that business should have headquarters somewhere or a shop or even at, at the very least, you should have like a, an online presence. But how is it that your friend who was struggling to pay 300,000 Naira annual rent last year, is now buying a house of 200 million naira this year and this person does not have a job or a business and you're not asking questions and on top of that you are jealous of them again they let they play you don't know what they are doing to make their money you probably don't have the stomach to do what they are doing for all you know they could be criminals so just face your front and do your own work the one you can do do it the one you can't leave it alone so stop comparing yourself to other people you are doing yourself a disservice this week if you haven't seen parenthood i am jealous of you Parenthood follows the lives of a family, the Braverman family. You have the matriarch and patriarch of the family, then their children, and then their grandchildren. In the show, you see how all of them relate with each other because it's a big family. So you see all the relationships that each of them have with each of them. You see how the grandparents behave toward each other. You then see the relationship between each of them and each of their children. And then you see their children's relationship with each other and then with their partners and then with their children. Then you see the relationship between the children and the grandparents. It's just, there are just so many relationship dynamics to observe in that show. You also see how they navigate the struggles of life, you know, illness, job stresses, school, work, and all of that. It's a story of love, platonic family, and romantic love. The show is so wholesome without being kitschy. I would recommend it 100%. So if you haven't watched it, go and do so. I command you. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. I am your host, Suleiman Ocheni. I would love if this podcast could be a conversation between you and I. So if you have a question, anything relationship related that you need help with, please send it to me via email. You can write an email or record a voice note and send that to me. Remember, if I treat your issue on the podcast, you will be anonymous, so I will not expose you. Equally, if you have any feedback, any additions or subtractions from what I have said on this week's episode of the podcast, you can also reach out. Email me at suleiman.talks at gmail.com, which is spelled S-U-L-E-I-M-A-N dot 
T-O-K-S at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram if you would prefer that. I am Suleiman underscore talks on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me on those platforms for more relationship advice. The voice you heard at the beginning of this podcast is the lovely Fatima Beta. The theme song you're listening to right now and at the start of the podcast is by Koma Media on pixabay.com. Thank you for listening. Catch a brand new episode of CN next Monday. So until then, bye.